Hi, I'm Chris Avena with American Outdoor News, and welcome to the American Outdoor News Podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking to a man who encapsulates the outdoor industry. He's a wildlife biologist, conservationist, outdoor writer, and the host of Dallas Safari Club's Trailing the Hunter's Moon. He's one of the hardest working men in the outdoor industry, Larry Wyzoon. All right, we're here with Larry Wyzoon. Larry, thanks for taking the time. Hey, we're here at the NRA show over at the Ruger booth. Life is good. Can't be any worse. No, it can't, can't, be, it can't get any better, I don't think. <laughs> now, prior to your career in the outdoor industry, you were um, a uh, wildlife biologist. I did. I started doing uh, wildlife disease research and animal nutrition work with the Department of Veterinary Pathology while an undergraduate at Texas A&M under the auspices and the contract with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Worked for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department in various capacities. And the, 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 the last five years, I was what they call the technical assistance biologist, which set up management programs for ranchers and hunting groups in the southern third of Texas. And then I left there when. They told me they had a great job for me in the office in Austin. <laughs> they had quartered building. I said, you know, I don't really want to do that. And then I got into, I'd gotten into writing already and a bunch of other things. And, and uh, But yes, the background is a wildlife biologist. So you set up um, thousands of acres of... Uh, we actually ended up probably somewhere in the neighborhood, not only in Texas, but eventually ended up probably setting up management programs on about somewhere between 13 and 15 million acres over the years, so quite a bit of country. Okay, so that not only helps the conservation of the animal, it we helps. did We did a lot of habitat work, and one of the things that we learned is, is we try to improve the habitat for whatever the game species was, or the game bird was, is the non-game animals benefited so much more than, than the targeted species did. And, and what we did is we would vary and, and, and increase the variation of the, the, of the uh, vegetation that was there. So you ended up having more butterflies, you had more, you know, a little ground animals, you had better animals all the way across. But uh, that's one of the beauties of, of trying to manage for game species. When you do that, everything benefits. The habitat benefits, and when that happens, every critter that's out there, every species that's there, sometimes you'll even game birds that hadn't been in that area for 100 years or so. So there's a trickle-down effect. It is. It, it's a very, very much a trickle-down effect that has an unbelievable effect upon the total total populations of wildlife there. So, how do you transition from that to outdoor TV and and writing? Well, I always loved to write, and I started writing many many years ago. Saw so my first national magazine article in 1970, and. Uh, it was a transition from there. During the years, I did a lot of talks regarding management and all those kind of things, and served kind of as the wildlife, I mean, whitetail authority for for guys like Bill Jordan's real tree years ago. We did a lot of things with Bill. And so anytime anybody came to Texas that was wanting to learn about whitetail deer that was in the outdoor field, I kind of got pushed in front of people because I didn't mind opening my mouth and talking about you know what the benefits were of doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's always good to talk about what we love to do. Absolutely it is. I mean, hunters are the true conservationists. Without hunting, we would have so many fewer species. And that's including plants as well, because one of the things that we've learned over the years, wild populations can recover very quickly if there's a sufficient amount of food. 
But what happens is, is when the habitat's destroyed, it can take lifetimes for it to repair to where it comes back. So, I mean, hunting plays a very important role in all that. Well, um, you've written, say, 2,500, 3,000 articles on, on the topic as well as uh, many of the hunts that you've been on. I've been very fortunate. I came along at the right time, particularly in terms of white-tailed deer, because years ago I was around when the interest in white-tailed deer that we saw develop over the years was in its infancy. And I did. I wrote a lot of, served on staff with a lot of different publications like Deer and Deer Hunting, did a lot of things with them, uh, served on staff with Peterson's Hunting, and a whole lot of other publications. And also with, with Shooting Times, which gave me the opportunity to write about a lot of the writing things. Sporting classics, which allowed me to tell stories. And so it was, it was a covering of a lot of different things over the years and did a lot of freelancing, like for the NRA publications. Yeah. So uh, for a new young outdoor writer starting out in the industry, what kind of advice would you give them? I think the best thing that you can do is get a good background in business. <laughs> to begin with, most of the time, those of us that live the outdoors, we forget about the fact that, hey, this has also got to be a business. But generally what I suggest to people is that come to me and ask about that kind of thing is get a good education. Uh, take some journalism courses. Take photography courses. These days, the cameras we have so much different from when I started when you had a 35 millimeter with film that you had to have processed and you take 300 pictures and you'd end up with two of them out of there worth it yeah, now with it's digital it's made everything a whole lot easier Excuse me. but get as many experiences at what you possibly can as well too and then you know maybe even keep a little journal on it so you can remember those things particularly people's names now the industry has changed tremendously uh, it, it, over the years. It's a total change from where I started from many, many years ago, and it continues to change. It's a, it is a very dynamic industry. Now, um, for somebody new starting out in the industry, a new hunter, what would you, what advice would you give a new hunter? A, a new hunter, one of the things that I would strongly suggest is get with people that, that know something about hunting, that know about the archery equipment they're going to use, the guns that they're going to use, learn as much as you can about the current laws and the, the situations where they are. But then I think the biggest thing is after you've covered some of the bases with some of these others and you spent some time around people, go hunt. Learn what you can from others and then learn the rest by yourself. Get out there and experience. You lead to me when somebody says, what's the best advice you can give a hunter? It's go hunt. Yeah. Go hunt. Get out there and spend time in the woods, in the trees, or or wherever you're going to do. I mean, but get out there and learn. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. And um, Chris, thank you. Thanks again. And that's our show for today. Thanks again for watching our American Outdoor News podcast. You can always go to AmericanOutdoorNews.com for more great interviews and stories. And remember, whether you're hunting the plains of Africa, hiking the Appalachian Trail, or uh, fishing the Sea of Cortez, American Outdoor News has it covered. Thanks again.